Thank you for joining Women Inseparable for the study in His Likeness. May we grow in our ability to see others and ourselves in His likeness. Here's author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. We are two weeks out to conclude this study. It's been a good study. I have very, very much enjoyed this study. Last, yesterday afternoon, I was working in preparation for today's study. And when I was done working on it and praying over it and getting the words to it in my head, in my heart, I um, listened to week four. And I don't often listen to our studies. It's one thing to teach it, another one to listen to your own voice. It's always fun. But I listened to week four where we talked about disciples. And while listening to the disciple study and then getting finished with today's study, the two of them walk hand in hand so beautifully. So my prayer is that you girls feel the same presence of the Holy Spirit that I felt while doing the study yesterday. It's a powerful, powerful study. Today we're going to be talking about children. Children created in his likeness. We got to go through and focus on the disciples, start there, because that's where Jesus started. We got to talk about men and women, and now we're going to talk about children, children in the likeness of God. Can I say with an open statement that our little boys were created in the image of God as they were where they were the very moment they were created, male they were created. Our little girls were created in the image of God and his likeness. God created that little girl from creation, female. So everything that we said about man and everything we studied about woman can be simplified in the sweetest form over our little boys and over our little girls. Children were created. Children are created in the likeness of God. How sweet is that? Some of us moms need to remember that at three in the morning. Some of us moms of teenagers need to remember that. Some of us moms of college kids. Some of us moms whose kids are making decisions according to culture. Some of us moms who have said goodbye to our children. There's a lot of emotions that come when we talk about children. Can you promise me something for today and for the duration of your existence as woman on earth? You will never know the woman in your Bible study group and where her heart is with children until the conversation is expressed. You don't know oftentimes what woman is in your small group who has a child who's making a decision that is tearing her apart. And sometimes in our, our Bible study groups, we want to share prayer requests about the world and talk badly about Satan. And in our disgust of evil and wickedness, we're breaking the woman's heart next to us who's sitting there in her silence saying, I know because my child, does that make sense? Can we be so kind? Can we be so kind? We don't know what mom Oh, a woman desires so badly to be a mom and can't. But we as women are trained, aren't we? We know how to sit. We know how to square our shoulders, how to hold up our head, and how to stuff. We stuff all of those mom things. You hear um, 
when Mary is described in the beginning of Luke and how she pondered all these things in her heart. And her pondering was the fact that she was holding the precious creation of Jesus Christ in the flesh. A woman ponders in the depths of our heart, don't we? And our pondering is so vast and it's so deep and it's so personal and so intimate and it's so hard for so many of us to describe what that feels like, even when we're talking to other women. But I'm telling you right now in the world of women inseparable in this room, on our small groups that are in this Treasure Valley, in our podcast society, there are women that are struggling with emotions when it comes to the world of children. Can we hold one another? Will you promise me, promise the Lord that you will hold one another so sweetly. I've had an honor to pray with moms. It's, a, it's an honor. There's more my heart wants to say, um, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, you have given, you have given the creation of children as such a gift. Psalm 127 declares it, that they are fully and abundantly a blessing, an inheritance of yours that you give to us, that you entrust us to love and cherish and protect and raise and to watch watch fly into the world that you've created them to live in. Father God, I pray that you'll be with my mom heart. And I pray that you'll be with every mom heart that is in this room, every mom heart that is in our small groups, our living room conversations, our Zoom conversations, and each of those women that are listening via podcast and on video in their, in their space. I pray that you'll be with our mom hearts. I pray that you'll touch our heart the way we need you to touch it. I pray that you'll heal our hearts the way we need you to heal. I pray that you'll hold our hearts the way we need you to hold. I pray that you'll strengthen our hearts. I pray that you will allow us to pour our mom hearts so intimately and sweetly and without even a word in prayer with you. Father God, thank you for hearing the depths of our hearts. I thank you so much for the joy that comes with children. I pray that you'll help us to to set our eyes on what you have created. And I pray that you will help us to see, see who they are, as they are, where they are. And I pray that you'll help us to see us as we are, where we are in this study. Father God, we thank you for being the father above all. Thank you for giving us your son, Jesus Christ. And in his name we pray, amen. Interesting, the timing of the study, it just hit me. I am not a planner. Nobody would ever judge me for being a planner. It just hit me. Sunday is Mother's Day. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, one would think that Jacqueline planned that one. Uh huh. God did it. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, my sweet friends. Matthew, Matthew chapter 18. There is. There is so much scripture I want to jump into and read publicly today. So much scripture from the beginning of Genesis to the first few chapters of Revelation and then sprinkled throughout this book is what I want to do today. We can't because we're timed. So we've got to limit. But as much as I can, I would love to throw out scripture. So in any scripture that is brought up in conversation, jot it down and and steady, steady the word children in scripture. 
study the word children. It's amazing. It's amazing the context of that word throughout scripture. You'll find yourself in Deuteronomy 6. You'll find yourself in Psalm 127. You'll find yourself in the book of 1 John, which is where we're going to be today. But we're going to start in Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse 1, it says, At that time, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I'm going to let that question sit. Discussing this question is a whole nother study. I pray that it's the study you need that you'll do it with the Lord. They ask a question. This is recorded in another passage as well. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And there's a question mark. And here's how Jesus answers this question, not through word and not through scripture. He answers it through an illustration. Verse two, it says, in calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, my disciples, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a powerful sentence that he's speaking directly to his disciples. Isn't that interesting? Always, whenever you're reading any, anything in scripture, always know who the speaker is and who the hearer is. Because there are some things that Jesus says to an individual that was spoken to that one individual because God knew where that one individual's heart was. Just because Jesus says these words to one individual doesn't mean that it's with the words that all of us need. Does that make sense? Jesus is very intimate and he does that even today. Sometimes Jesus will say something to Jane that Jane needs to know, but I don't, it's not going to apply to me. It's between Jane and Jesus. This is how Jesus is. Always know who Jesus is speaking to. Always know who the dialogue is between. Here it's between Jesus in the flesh and his disciples who he is training up to turn the world right side up. The disciples are asking him, who is going to be the greatest in heaven? He says, hold that thought. Then he calls a child to him and he points to a child and says, unless you have the faith of a child, you won't even be in the kingdom of heaven. It goes back to our verse from last week of John 14, six. Anybody else think of that? Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the father, but by me, you must be born again. John said, or Jesus says in John three, you must be born again. The whole concept of Jesus giving his life to us goes right back to the very beginning of life. Why? Because Jesus came to destroy the life that we know to give us a brand new life. And to be able to get a brand new life, you have to start where? At the very beginning. This is why we're called as believers in Jesus Christ. We're called as born again Christians. Have you ever thought about that phrase? We're born again Christians because our old life has been destroyed and something has to start somewhere and it starts at the very beginning of life. And where does the beginning of life start? It starts at birth when somebody is born and here we are born again and that our life of sin is gone and our life in Jesus is new. We need to have that faith of a child. 
we have to have the faith of a child. And when we go to the book of Revelation, we look at the beginning churches. There's churches that are doing great things. And there's churches that do awful things. And there's one particular church that's doing good things, but there's one thing that God has against it. And the one thing that God has against it is they have lost their first love. They had lost their childlike faith. They were doing their religion. They were doing their acts. They were doing their works. They were doing their service. They were doing the things and they forgot that they were doing the things because they had such love for Jesus Christ. They fell out of love for Jesus and they were so busy doing the work for God. Can I say that that's gross? That's gross. Shall we not ever, ever fall out of love with Jesus Christ? May we always fall in love with Jesus. And friend, if that's where your heart is right now, you're like, I, I, I'm doing the work. I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm saying my prayers. I'm doing my thing, but I'm tired of it. Have you ever been there? It's exhausting. This whole life, this whole routine, this whole, bleh, it's exhausting. If that's where you are, will you be real with it? One. And two, stop doing all of it. I know that's not something a Christian teacher is supposed to say, but if I can say as a side note, stop doing all of it. Stop doing all of it and fall in love with Jesus. Get your childlike faith back. And then when the spirit is ready for you to get back to work and get back to your Bible studies and get back to your service and get back to your fruit bearing life, then do it when the spirit's ready for you to do it. Until then, you better stop doing your work and you better start falling in love with Jesus. It's a sweet place to be. Children, Jesus calls a child and says, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. I pray that we'll hold on to this passage, that we'll take this passage home with us and dissect that verse as the spirit wants us to. But as we do that in our hearts and in our minds, will you join me in first John? First John chapter three, we started this um, chapter when we were talking about disciples. We started this at the very beginning of our study and that we talked about God and then we talked about Jesus and we talked about the Holy Spirit and then we started talking about us, right? And we're like, we thought we were going to talk about other people and evaluate and judge others. No, welcome to Women Inseparable. It's always about the person in your chair. We get real, we get intimate, we get real and raw. It's fun. No homework, but it's fun, fun personal challenges. So we started this week four. If you did not hear it or you want to hear it again, I highly recommend listen to week four of In His Likeness um, in light of today's study as well. This past fall, I had an opportunity to do a homeschool Bible study for a couple of months during the fall. There were three particular kids. There was a beautiful group of kids that would come, but there were three particular siblings that came every week. One week we were talking about creation. Same study that we are doing here in Women Inseparable in a previous study, we were talking about in the um, Who Holds Forgiveness study. So I was teaching Who Holds Forgiveness here to grown women, and then on Wednesday mornings I was teaching children similar concepts. And we were talking about the seed of God, and we were talking about the seed of evil with three littles, okay? Let's call them, again, me and my age ability, I don't know. We'll call them like six, eight, and 11, or 12, something adorable. 
older sister, two younger brothers. I'm having this conversation with them and talking about the seed of evil and the creation of God. We're having this dialogue. This little girl looks at me and says, this is why it's so good to get saved as a kid or as a child, she says. You get saved as a child, then the seed of evil doesn't have room to grow. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? That caused, I had my lesson ready, you know? <laughs> and this little kid produced truth, and I'm like, forget anything I wanted to say. Let's talk about that, and let's talk about scripture, because you just opened my eyes to a beautiful scripture study. When you get saved as a child, that seed of evil has no room to grow, right? Mom, if your child is getting saved as a little girl, protect, or as a little child, protect that seed of evil in your child. This is a beautiful, powerful thing we get to do as a parent. My child is now 16. And just this last year, my husband pointed this out the other day. He's like, we raised our kid and helped protect that seed of evil from growing inside of our child. You know, training them, don't do this, do this. You know, don't send you righteous. You know, you give your children rules, brush your teeth so they don't rot, clean your room so you don't get lost. You know, <laughs> you have the do this so you don't do that concept. So we raised our kid with that manner. And my husband points out the other day, he's like, my son or our son took over this year. We raised him with the mentality of don't live as a sinner, live righteous. He's like, this past year, he took that on himself. And now we just get to watch. I'm like, that's pretty cool. So I cuddled next to my husband and just ready for this show. Let's pop some popcorn, because I always want to pop popcorn. <laughs> protect. Help your children learn how to protect that seed of evil from growing. And the best way to protect that seed of evil from growing is to protect that God seed inside of you that you get when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you are born again into the likeness in which you were created to be. Does that make sense? So thinking of this sweet child and her truth and these siblings and the powerful conversation I had with the three of them, when you get saved as a child, the seed of evil has no room to grow. Yet Jesus answers the disciples' grown men's question. See where I'm going? These grown men ask Jesus, who's the greatest in heaven? And he says, unless you get saved as a child, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven. You have got to protect that seed of evil from growing inside of you. You have got to protect it. And you've got to get saved as a child, which means each and every one of us, no matter what that age number that sits with our age, right? We have birthdays. First John chapter three, we started this when you're we talking about disciples and we came up with a statement that we are not sinners. Do you remember processing that truth? We're not a, a sinner. We're righteous. We are righteous because we received that, that salvation gift of Jesus Christ. We are born again. We are made new. We're going to start with verse 7 and continue exactly where we left off in week 4. 1 John 3, 7, it says this. It says, little children. This is written by John, the disciple of Jesus. One, and I don't know if he was... Um, in fact, John was there with Jesus having this exact dialogue of who is the greatest. John and his brother James were having this conversation with Jesus specifically. You see that in the other Gospels. So here John, 60 years later, is looking back, and I wonder if he's remembering this conversation he had with Jesus. 
When John wanted to know who's going to be greatest in heaven, who's going to sit beside you in heaven, sweet Jesus of mine. And Jesus says to them, come here, let me show you. And he points to a child. And here John in his old age looks at those of us that have received Jesus as our savior and says, little, little children. What a compliment of a phrase. He's talking to those of us that remember that we got saved because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Are you a little child? Are you a little child? You're like, nope, my body does not feel like a little child. <laughs> Can you step away from that physical realm that we get to live in and consider your relationship with Jesus Christ? And could you be considered a little child? Ponder that. That might be a great evaluation question this week, a great personal challenge. Am I considered a little child? Is my faith found in Jesus Christ alone? Peter says at the beginning of Second Peter, he says, you need to add to your faith, add to your faith in Jesus Christ these things. And there's a list of what to add. And then he says to whoever does not remember that he has been forgiven of his sins will fail. Don't forget that you have been forgiven of your sins because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ destroyed your sin and gave you new life and called you child of God. John says, little child, are you a little child? My prayer is that we say yes every day of our life. And if you're having a hard time with saying yes, that's a great place to start go back to Jesus and say, Jesus, I know I received you as my personal savior, but I'm really struggling. I don't feel like I'm receiving your love. I don't feel like I have love for you. It's a big statement to express. Oh, but that it will express that. It's insane things that we get healed, that we get stronger. I pray salvation upon our hearts for those of us that do not know Jesus as our savior. For those of us that do, these words are for you. Verse seven, he says, little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous. Do you remember talking about this a couple weeks ago? Whoever practices, just practices righteousness is presently righteous as Jesus is righteous. He continues on in verse eight. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. It's a very pointed statement. It's one or the other, John says, either you brush your teeth or your teeth will rot. Either you clean your room or you get lost in your room. Either you go to bed or you're going to be exhausted. Do this or don't do that. We as parents say these statements all day long and then one day the kid does it. <laughs> and you stand back and you're like, whoa, it happened. Even this morning, my tall little child emptied the garbage and I didn't say, did you do your chores? And I'm like, <laughs> mark the calendar. This is fantastic. There's a moment in each of our children's lives at some point, sometimes it happens young, sometimes it happens old and it happens in different areas of their life. But there's moments in our children's lives that they get it. They get it. They brush their teeth without being told. They take a shower. Those of us that have boys without being told, like it's miraculous. They do their thing. They do their outdoor chores. They get a job. They, they stand in their creation. We sit there as parents and we're like, they got it. They got it. And it's cool. 
it's amazing to watch this is John's perspective. He's coming as the elder of the disciples now at this at the time. And he goes, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Either you do this one thing or you do this other thing. This one thing is sin and it's of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. One of John's favorite phrases is in the beginning. He always says in the beginning, he doesn't give a new truth. He doesn't teach a new thing. He always goes back to the beginning. He says the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So if you're going to continue in sin, all you're doing is the same thing that's been from the beginning. He says, but after that period, it's power. He says the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy that very beginning seed of sin and destroy the entire existence of sin. He came to destroy it. That's freedom. That is such powerful, overwhelming freedom. The reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Verse nine, John says, no one no one born of God, little child, do you hear these words? No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. May we self-evaluate this week and allow ourselves to live in a life of freedom. If you're practicing sin, if you are literally living in an existence of practicing sin, you're not walking according to Jesus's freedom. If you are not waking up with that sin desire and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to nail this in this day. I'm going to do it this way and this way and I'm going to sin this way. Do you ever wake up like that? I'm going to wake up and I'm going to sin all day. <laughs> Giggles a room of non-sinners. Why do we giggle about that? Because we're not sinners. Is that so foreign? To think back to those days that we woke up hungry for sin craving sin, desiring sin, those days, child of God are gone in us. And we stand here as we got it. And God's smiling at us saying, my little daughter got it. She's not sinning anymore because she is no longer a sinner for she is born again. She is my little child, righteous because of Jesus. We don't crave that sin anymore. Like I sinned yesterday. Yeah, that was destroyed. And you have that conversation with God and God, my heart sinned against you. And you get that right. According to first John one, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed. I don't know if you underline or highlight or mark or whatever you do, memorize this passage. So when Satan wants to come at you and pull your heart away from God, you can say this verse out loud to Satan as you tell him to go back to hell. He says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Take this personally. He says, you are born of God. Therefore, you do not make a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in you. God's seed abides in you, little child. When you were born as a human, when our children were born as humans, they were born with the seed of evil. But as a little child, we put our faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And in that God's seed was replenished within us, making us in the likeness of God all over again. That seed of evil completely destroyed. 
We've been talking about that a lot over these last couple of weeks, and I still can't wrap my head around the power of that sentence. The seed of evil is completely destroyed within us. In its place, God's seed lives in us. That's powerful. That's powerful. Protect that seed of God that is in us, that abides in us. And if we get saved as a child, which everybody gets saved as a child, no matter how old we are in this flesh, everybody gets saved as a child because it's the only way to get saved is by simple faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the faith of a child. So whether you got saved at three or like my husband got saved as an airman in the Air Force or whether you got saved in your 40s or your 90s, no matter how old your body was when you got saved, little child, you got saved as a child. Does that make sense? You cannot, you cannot get to heaven. You cannot have a relationship with God without that seed, that faith of a child. You cannot. So no matter how old this flesh gets, we can proclaim that we are a little child and celebrate a birthday every day of our life. And we're back to presence. You're born of God. Don't make a practice of sinning because God's seed abides in you. His powerhouse statement continues. And John says, and he cannot, you cannot keep on sinning. What would happen if we held on to that truth? That's truth. That's scripture. Scripture is truth. He says, you cannot, you cannot keep on sinning because you have been born of God. You cannot keep on sinning. So either you keep that head, little child, of sin, 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 like a kid in the candy store saying, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. You have that. Or you're the adult that says, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And what you want is so heavenly focused. And what you want is so much of your God. And what you want is so much of your Jesus. And what you want is so much of your spirit of God in you. And what you want is to be a disciple of God. And what you want is to be a woman made in his likeness. What you want is to be you as you are, where you are. And you can't get enough of it because you're just so in love with your Jesus because of your childlike faith in him and you want that so badly that you look at the things that Satan wanted to throw at you and temptation wanted to throw at you and the world wanted to throw at you and your flesh wants to throw it and you're like I don't even care anymore I don't even want it anymore I'm so full I'm so full little child that a sweet name that is a sweet sweet name to be Verse 10, by this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. May I pause and in our hearts pray so severely for our physical children. It is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Father God, I pray for the souls of our children that by their fruits, the world will know who are the children of God because the seed of God abides in them. I pray protection from the devil, from our children. Scripture says at the conclusion of verse 10, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. 
how vital it is to love. May we love, may we love, may we love. There's two verses I want to read. Verse 18 and verse 24. We have been practicing righteousness these last couple of weeks. We've been practicing righteousness. We've been proclaiming the facts that we're not sinners. We're not sinners. We are righteous, righteous. Therefore, we live as we are, where we are. For who we are is a little child in love with our Jesus. That's who we are. Verse 18 says, little children, little children. Our question is, how do we live? Here's our answer. Let us not love in word. Let us not love in talk. But let us love in deed, the actionable, actionable love. Let us love in deed and let us love in truth. Oh, sweet friend, if you need a verse to commit to your mind, to your heart, to your life, 1 John 3, 18 is powerful. I want to read verse 24, and I'm going to close in prayer. Verse 24, it says, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God. Hold on to that promise, please. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God abides in him. And by this we know that he abides in us because the spirit whom he has given us. Oh, the spirit of God abides in us. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for letting us be children. Father God, thank you for loving the world so much that you gave your son, Jesus. Lord, in our belief in Jesus Christ and in his death on the cross for our sins and in his destruction of sin and in his resurrection to a new life completely free from sin, because of that and in our belief in him, we will not perish but we will have eternal life. And that life begins today as a born again child of God that begins today. Every day of our life is a new day as a born again child of God. May we never, may we never mature in our love for you. May we never get old in our love for you. May we never let that love get bitter and decrepit and ugly and religious and legalistic and void of the forgiveness of sins that you've washed over us. Father God, there are people that are listening to this study that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. May I pray right now for salvation over that soul. May they believe in their hearts and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is risen again. May they receive Jesus as their Savior today. Father God, I pray for our children. There are so many names that just got thrown before your throne. Father God, I pray salvation over our children. Every boy, every girl, every man, every woman that is under our care, we pray salvation upon them. Father God, we praise you for our children. We thank you for the salvation of our children, those of us that stand before the throne saying thank you. We praise you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for these children. I do pray once again for our mom for the hearts of every one of us. Thank you for designing us to love. Pray that you'll fill our hearts with what our hearts need as we celebrate Mother's Day this weekend. We thank you.
thank you for your love. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.